Good morning. You can say it back. Good morning. How are we feeling? Good. I bet you're feeling better than I am right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I guess you don't know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> but he stole my thunder. I was going to wish him happy anniversary. So happy anniversary. 12 years. It's been awesome. I want to wish all the, the mothers happy Mother's Day today. And I especially want to wish one mother happy Mother's Day because she's the reason literally that I'm here on this stage and in, in a life. And it's my mom, and she's sitting on the front row. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. <laughs> so I was sitting and thinking about what I wanted for Mother's Day. And I'm a terrible list maker. I never know in advance what I want. You can ask all of our family members. Christmas time runs around birthday. What do you want? I never have any ideas, and they hate that. But this time, Austin asked me what I wanted for Mother's Day, and I had an answer right away. I think it shocked him. And um, I wanted an Alexa. Does anybody have an Alexa in their house? No. Yeah? Okay. All right. This, this Alexa, you ask them to do something, it does it. It's amazing. I want to listen to this song, Alexa, and she plays it. It's amazing. So I wanted that. And Austin said, oh, that's awesome. You know, you've been cooking a lot. You've been baking. Because I want to try to pursue that a little bit, just have fun with it. It will set timers for you. I said, awesome, that's great. That's not why I wanted the Alexa, but okay. And uh, I want the Alexa because I've been getting talked to a lot and asked a lot of questions by my son. Do I have any moms in the house that are going through that right now? You're so quiet today. Come on, help me with this. They don't have teachers to talk to. They don't have friends to talk to at school, so it's just us, right? So... If he asks me the same question for the 432nd time, I can say, go ask Alexa. She, I guarantee you Alexa's going to know the answer to that question. And then you can have a dance party. Go in your room, have a dance party. And I know school is already over, but this was me dreaming before. I bet Alexa's been to second grade. And I bet she can help you with your homework better than I can. Right? So I know that I am probably not alone with, you know, wishing that I had a little bit more peace and quiet around sometimes. Maybe it's the opposite for you. Maybe you have been alone. It's too quiet. But today, I'm going to talk about harmony. And when you hear harmony, you might be thinking, peace, love, and harmony. You know, everybody gets along. And But I'm going to be talking about um, peace that just passes all understanding. Peace from the Lord, Right. Harmony, when I think of the word harmony, it's probably not what you think of. I think of three notes playing at the same time. That is a chord. Will you put that picture up there for me? That is a chord. Three notes played at the same time. And when it's stacked like that and it is vertical, you play them all at the same time. If they were spread out and they were separated, you would play them separately. And I thought of a chord when I thought of the word harmony. If, if one note of that chord is even just a tiny little bit off, has anybody ever heard of the word frequency? Frequency, like the sound wave, the speed of the sound wave. If, you, if it's even a tiny little bit off, then that chord is ruined. 
The chord just does not sound right. The frequency of the bottom note, it was an F, sounds differently from the frequency of an A, which was the middle note, and, the, and that sounds different than the frequency of a C, which was the top note. But when you put those notes all together, this, this beautiful harmonious sound happens. You know, when you listen to singers and someone singing alone, it's beautiful. But when you start stacking other people and they start singing harmony with it, that's when you get impressed. Am I right? There's just something about harmony. Well, those three notes are going to represent three things today. The first one, the bottom note, which is the foundation, is going to represent peace with the Lord. The middle note will represent internal peace. And the high note, the top note, will represent peace with others. And church, we need those frequencies to be correct in our lives. Mama's in the room. It is non-negotiable for those things to be perfect and to hit the bullseye. Um, Put a picture of that bullseye up there. When I taught at school, I, you know, I give piano voice lessons, but I taught, you know, in, in the school system. I always referred to, when I was talking to my choir students, about hitting the bullseye. That frequency has to be so right that it needs to look like a, an arrow hitting the bullseye. If it's not hitting the bullseye, it is not going to sound correct. So we will refer to that a lot in this message. This morning, let's answer the question, how do I live a harmonious life? We're going to be in Genesis, and we're going to talk about Adam and Eve and their relationship with the Lord and their relationship with each other, and we're going to learn how to be at peace. So if you're taking notes, there might be a few of you, I don't know. Number one is peace with the Lord. And I'm talking about our soul needs to be at peace. Everything else hinges on this one. We know what hinges are. They're what lets the door swing open and closed. If there's no hinges on the door, it's a wall, y'all. And if you try to walk through it, you're going to bonk your nose and you're going to be in pain. So everything hinges on this one piece. Just like the door won't swing without hinges, you're going to feel stuck and your life will not truly feel fulfilling if you don't cultivate that relationship with the Lord. It is the missing piece to everyone's puzzle in life. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord yet, you're going to, to need to get one. We all know that. But if you do have a relationship with him and you don't make it a priority and, you, and cultivate it, you're slowly going to get out of tune. One of the three frequencies will always sound terrible if you try to do life without God. Can you stand with me this morning? And we're, we're going to read from Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, chapter two verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees out of the gro- grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now jump down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Let's pray over the word. God, we just love you, and we praise you that we can be in your house this morning, that we were able to freely worship and come into this building with our friends and lift you high, God. I pray that now in this moment that you would help me get this word to your people that you have brought for them, Lord, and that you would speak through this scripture and through this sermon. We would receive what you want us to have in your holy name. Amen. You guys may be seated. I love the picture that this scripture painted. It is the ultimate picture of love and care that the Lord had for man. He formed him. He breathed life into him. He placed him into a beautiful garden. He gave him a job. And then he gave him boundaries. We need boundaries, right? He knew even then that we were going to need boundaries. In verse 16, it said, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. He didn't set that boundary to limit man. He set that boundary to protect man. God knew that we couldn't handle that. He knew that it wasn't our job, that it wasn't our responsibility It was his. He was protecting Adam and us and keeping our relationship at peace. Then the Lord went on to create a helper for Adam. He saw that everything he created for him to have dominion over wasn't enough, and it wasn't what he truly needed. So he made Eve from his rib, presented his rib, presented him to her. And I love how it says that Adam and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. What does that mean? It means that they, as a couple, were in perfect harmony, harmony with the Lord and with each other. You could say they were living the life. I'm sure they had peace and they had absolutely no worries. The most beautiful scene that you could picture in your mind, for some of you, it might be a beach. Who would want to go to a beach? Oh, yeah. We get to go in a month. I'm so excited. Who would want to go to the mountains? Yeah. Knox loves the mountains. It does not matter what you try to picture it's not going to compare to what Eden was. Eden is something that we just cannot even fathom what it was. And it was right there at their fingertips. So if that's what it looked then, why does it not look like that now? Why do we not get to be in Eden? I mean, who wouldn't want to be there, right? The fall of man is what happened. Actually, it was the fall of woman, and then the man followed, but that's another sermon, right? It was all the woman's fault. And the men said, amen. (laughs) we'll be discussing how the fall happened in just a few minutes, but the fall came from disobedience. And because they disobeyed, they were cursed. Eve and every woman born after her, we, including me, have to endure pain during childbirth. Right, ladies? Oh, yeah, that's not something really to amen for, is it? And our desire is now for our husband 
and he rules over us. If you don't believe me, go read it in Genesis 3.16. Adam and every man born after him now has to toil and work a cursed ground to try to gain food from it, and they were banished from the paradise of Eden. They would now taste death and return to the ground from which they were made. Adam and Eve missed the bullseye big time. They got distracted, they got deceived, and they missed the bullseye. Even, even those of us that do have a relationship with the Lord, we follow Christ, we try to do our best, we're going to miss the bullseye sometimes. It's going to happen. Here's the, here's the bullseye right here, and our arrow's going, whoo, like way over, right? And it, does this ever happen to you? And it goes in the ground, and you can't even find it, because it's just like gone. The grass is covered, you can't even find it, right? Shoom, yeah, it's gone. That's us sometimes. We just completely mess it up. But here's the thing. This happened to you, hasn't it, Zach? He's laughing. Yeah, that's totally happened. (laughs) But here's the thing. This is what we can hold on to. We are blessed because, thankfully, we serve a God of grace. Years after the fall of man, the Lord God sent his son. He came to earth to live like us. He died for us. He rose again. And he promises someday to come back and take us to heaven with him. Amen? If we believe. This is what this whole, this whole note is about, this foundation, if we believe. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Through that sacrifice, we can now accept him as our Savior, and someday when we take our last breath, we will go into eternity and be restored to Eden with him. Even better, we can tell others about this, and we can try to get them to come with us. Just like he created Adam to be in harmony with him, God created you and me to be in harmony with him as well. Even though Adam and Eve messed up, he provided a way through Jesus Christ that we can be restored back to him. He wants our soul to be at peace with him. So moms, ladies, even dads, grandparents this morning, how are we going to keep our soul at peace with the Lord? How do we cultivate that relationship, keep it exciting, Keep going when we're tired or burnt out or defeated or suffered loss. How do we do that? We're going to put three things up there this morning. And you're going to say, I've heard these all my life. You know, pray, read my Bible, make sure I've got friends. Let's, let's talk about these for just a second. Number one, I want you to talk to him. He wants us to talk to him daily. It doesn't matter how long you talk to him. What matters is that you talk to him. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. We just talk to him. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how you feel about him and tell him how you feel about what he has blessed you with. Tell him your concerns for yourself, concerns for your family and your friends. Tell him what you're excited about and tell him when you're lonely. Tell him the desires of your heart. Just spit it out and tell him. And then don't forget to listen. Number two, hide his word in your heart. That's reading reading the word. It's not just about reading your Bible. It's about hiding it in your heart. Read it. Listen to it. Read it to your children. Read it with your spouse. Watch movies and shows about him. If you have not seen Chosen, it's a new show right now about the life of Jesus, you have got to find that. Google it and find that. It is absolutely incredible. Read or listen about the life of Jesus. Read or listen about people who have overcome because of Jesus. Read or listen about people who they were completely lost, but their lives have been turned around because of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more inspiring. Get, your, get you going when you listen to stories about that. Get his word into you, and while you're at it, start shutting out the filth. 
Anybody with me this morning? It's really hard. It's really hard right now. But if you're going to let that come in, you have to shut out the rest of the filth. You've got to shut it out. Number three, and the last one, seek out relationships with godly people. Having others in your life that believe in Jesus Christ is vital. And not just the people that are your same age. Right? You want to have people that are older than you, that have gone before you, that you can talk to. Man, I have messed up. What do I need to do? They're vital. You might need to go to lunch with them. You might need to call them. You might need to go get an iced chai tea latte with them instead of coffee because coffee is gross. Um, you might need to ask them to pray for you, and they may call you. They may need you to pray for them. You can cry with them. You can laugh with them, and you can vent frustration with them. You need to have someone that is safe. You need to have someone that is safe, that you feel safe to talk to, what you tell them is going to stay there, and that you can get godly wisdom from. Those are just a few things that you can do to keep your soul at rest. And if you do that, the frequencies of the other two are going to be a whole lot easier to keep in tune. So number two, if you're, if you're taking notes, is internal peace. Internal peace. Our mind needs to be at peace. Our internal, individual frequency has to be correct. God created our bodies, our souls, our conscience, our intellect, our hearts, our natural abilities, our internal drive, and a leaning towards certain life passions. My life passion is not going to be the same as Zach's. My life passion is not going to be the same as the other Zach in the room. Hi, there's two Zachs. My life passion is not going to be the same as my husband's, right? He created us as individuals. Even though we were created in his image, we are created in his image. We were also created as individuals. Amen? Sometimes that frequency of our individuality gets off because we are trying to be someone that God did not create us to be. Has that ever happened to you? When it appears that your neighbor or your friend has it better in life, maybe they, um, they have a boss that's not a jerk um, they have a car that doesn't break down all the time. They have kids that aren't crazy. They have a big, bigger house or a nicer car. And we find ourselves thinking, I wish that that's what my life was like. Have you ever been there? You know what makes it so easy for our minds to go there? What we read, what we listen to, and every stinking social media platform that is out there. That is why it's easy. You know why? Because people, including me, they only put just a little sliver of the cool stuff that's going on in their life. <laughs> I got to go fishing. I caught nothing, but I got to go fishing, and it was beautiful, right? Uh, but they don't put the good, the bad, and the ugly. They just put a little bit of the good, and they put the pictures with all the filters on them. I'm look good today. My hair is right. Let's take a picture. Let's make sure we put that one on there. That's why we get we, we think that that's what our life should be like, but we don't realize everybody else is going through the same stuff that we are. Let's get back to Adam and Eve. I read this story when I, was, when I was studying for this about a little boy named Little Johnny, and he was in Sunday school. Do you know this story? They, they're looking at each other like they know the story. Little Johnny was in Sunday school, and they were talking about how people were created and how man came to be and how his wife was created from his rib. And he was very inter interested in this story. 
And later that week, he was in the living room, and his mom came in, and he was laying on the floor, and he's kind of moaning, and she said, what is going on with you? What is, what is wrong? And he said, Mom, my side hurts. I think I'm going to have a wife. <laughs> I could definitely, definitely see Knox saying that. That's just how they, they perceive things, right? Like, my side hurts. His probably hurt, too. I think I'm going to have a wife, right? Adam and Eve, they lived in paradise, had dominion over everything. They didn't bicker. They didn't worry about their next meal. They were completely in charge. But in Genesis chapter 3, we're going to read that as soon as the serpent told Eve that there was something more, what did she do? She went for the more. She wondered. She questioned. Her mind started reeling, and she got out of tune. In Genesis 3, verse 1, It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Most of us probably know this story, right? But the key line is she saw that it was desirable for gaining wisdom. Desirable for gaining wisdom. She had all that, all, everything. But she thought she didn't have the wisdom. The enemy told her, you could be like God. That's what he said. You could be like God. And that's where we get out of sync. We think there's something better or we want to achieve something and we try to do it on our own and we try to be like God. We try to be like somebody else because it's more appealing than the situation that we have found ourselves in at the moment. We don't walk in the path that our creator God has made for us. We ignore the calling that he has on our life, and we ignore sound wisdom of those around us that are people in the faith, and we fill our minds with garbage. If we're going to live a harmonious life, we have to start seeing his blessings and provision and plan. I didn't really think about this until I was studying for this message, But did all animals talk in Eden? Like, why was it not weird that a serpent was just talking to her? If it had taken her aback and it had startled her or something, it would have said it, I feel like, in the Bible, right? The angels come, they get scared, they fall down on their faces. But she just said, what's up, serpent? How's it going? Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this. What do you think? Like, no, you cannot converse with the enemy. Let me say that again. You cannot converse with the enemy. You can't even let it get started. We can't have an open line of communication with a deceiver. We got to shut them up. We got to drown them out. There's a natural rhythm to our lives. And you might say, Charity, all these music words, just stop it. But it's true. We are creatures of habit and routine and rhythm. When the rhythm gets off, things start falling apart. 
Have you ever stayed out way too late? You wanted to go to a concert or something and got back way late. You had to get up and go to work the next morning and you were not productive, right? There wasn't enough coffee in the world or energy drinks at QT. Oh, we don't have QT over here. Sorry, that was, that was from Tulsa area. There's just not enough. The rhythm is going to be off. The personal rhythm inside is just so important. When your soul gets out of rhythm, that's when the enemy starts talking. That's when the enemy thinks he's got a foothold to start deceiving, and that's when he starts whispering. He starts whispering lies and attacks our mind. How do we defeat that and keep it from happening? Well, it's hard for the enemy's garbage to penetrate our mind when we're filling it with the presence of God Almighty. If you're filling it with the presence of God, it's really hard for the enemy to attack your mind. Let's read Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. So how do we defeat the enemy's lies? First of all, we're going to rejoice. Second of all, we present our requests to God when they come. We ask him. Third, we're going to think about the things of God. There were eight of those we're going to think about those things, and then we're going to put what we've learned into practice. So who's going to shut up the enemy with me this morning? You with me? Who's going to let the Lord lead? Amen. <laughs> Who is going to line up what you're thinking with the word of God and stand on the promises of God this morning? Amen. If we do that, the internal piece is going to hit the bullseye. Our second note in our court, it's going to hit the bullseye. So number one, we have to have peace with the Lord. Number two, internal peace. Here's the last one. And everybody said, hey, man, she's almost over. Number three, peace with others. Our heart needs to be at peace. Peace with others. And you might be sitting there and say, yep, I agree with number one. You know, I need to be right with the Lord. That's, I'm with you. Number two, I need to have my mind at peace. I'm totally with you. Sometimes I need to work on that. Number three, you might be shutting me out. You want to know why? Because it's about getting along with other people. And that's hard. You might be saying, mm, I think I'll just think about what I'm going to have for lunch, right? I will admit to you that relationships are a tension to be managed because we as humans are flawed. We are super flawed. None of us are perfect and we're going to mess up. But after we mess up, we have to check our heart and we have a huge decision to make. Are we going to own up to it and apologize? Let's go over in this camp, own up to it and apologize. Or are we going to come over here and we're going to pass blame? Own up and apologize or pass blame. That's pretty much our two options, right? Blame someone else. If we continue in the very first story of the human relationship, we find out the decision that they made. Adam and Eve chose blame. Read it with me in uh, Genesis 3, verse 8 through 13. 
Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He knew where, he knew where they were, by the way. Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? He already knew the answer to that question too, by the way. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. I have one child. We have one son. His name is Knox. He can do no wrong. He is precious and he is amazing. And I just told a lie on a stage, didn't I? <laughs> All of you are like, whoa, what? Oh, you hear me? Okay. <laughs> but I grew up with two siblings. And if you have more than one child or if you have had multiple siblings growing up, you know exactly how this story went down. You can see it. You can hear the tones in their voices, and you can see the finger pointing going on. You know exactly what this looked like. Adam points at Eve. Eve points at the serpent, and everybody's going, ah, not my, not my fault, right? Our relationships have to play out differently. We have to respond correctly. I'm talking about responding correctly to our own mistakes, but I'm also talking about responding correctly to others' offenses toward us, which is even harder even harder. We have to hit the bullseye with this frequency, especially as Christians, to show the world how to get it right. Our hearts will get broken, but we can't allow them to stay broken. And we will cause someone hurt, but we can't let them stay hurt. It is our duty to correct it. When it comes back and you've realized that you've messed up or someone brings it to your attention and you didn't even know it, it is your duty to apologize. It is your duty as a Christian to do that. Let's talk about some scenarios here. It might be time to break the cycle and start taking hold of your emotions and doing something about your family. Your family. Your family might not have always handled their emotions very well, but you can. You can. It might be time to stop saying, well, this is just who I am, and this is just how I act. Instead, asking God, who am I supposed to be in you? How am I supposed to act if your spirit is in me? How am I supposed to act if I have your spirit living inside of me? It might be time to start loving your children through a bad decision. Is it easy? No. Is it messy? Absolutely. It is very hard to watch your offspring willingly make a life-altering, eternity-changing spiritual decision. But don't you think that's what the Heavenly Father is going through every day when he watches us handle that situation in the wrong way? It's exactly the same thing. we got to get perspective on that. It's the same thing. If we treat them with love, if we keep loving them through it and keep trying to draw them to Christ as best as we can without being pushy, in the end, no matter what happens, when they stand in front of the throne of God, they will know you loved them through it, that you handled it right and you handled it in a godly way. It might, let's shift a little bit. 
It might be time to start asking God to give you the strength to talk to that coworker or that boss that hurt your feelings or that messed up. Just talk to them instead of gossiping and talking to your, your coworkers about it. It may not just be the boss. It may just be a coworker. And I was in my Bible study a couple of days ago. I was listening, and he was talking about gossip. And he said, even if you just stand there and you listen, you are adding a log to the fire because the person that's saying it is still getting to talk. The person that's, that's saying the gossip and spreading that stuff, they're still getting an opportunity to talk. So even if it's just you sitting there listening, you feel like, I'm just going to try to be understanding, that log has been put on the fire and the flames are going to keep going. And the only way to shut that out is to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not in this, I'm not involved, and I think you better go talk to that person about that because I'm not going to be a part of that. That will put the fire out. That, first of all, it will take them aback. Really? Because that's the norm. I went to two appointments before the pandemic began, and the, I was in a dentist chair and then somewhere else. I can't believe I think eye appointment. And the, the coworkers and the bosses were gossiping about other coworkers in front of me. And I sat there thinking, is this really what, it's okay? That's what this is like now? Let's talk about your marital relationships. It might be time to get a mediator to help you and your spouse talk through some things. What you might find out, just like that cord, there might be one thing that the frequency is just a little bit off and it's causing things to sound wrong. And it's, and it's causing things to be a problem. But it might just be one thing. You might need to get a mediator to help you talk through that. It might be time to ask God to help you talk to your brother and sister in Christ. And this is probably might be one of the hardest ones of all. Because we worry about what they or others are going to think about us when they find out that we can be offended. That we're human. And that even though we serve the Lord, we can get upset. Well, that's just not holy. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm daily trying to become more like Christ, and I'm never going to get there. We're going to get better but we're never going to get there. So, yep, we are going to mess up. So that brings me back to this. Any of those scenarios, if they're going on, you have a huge decision to make because those moments are inevitably going to happen. Our hearts will get broken, but they can be mended. And we can hurt others, but we also can apologize and repair that relationship. We can't do life alone So relationships are necessary, and hitting the bullseye with them is vital. We're going to have to fight for those relationships. It makes me think about Knox and Austin every night. This is what happens at our house, okay? We sit at the couch, and we do his Bible story, and it's just a short little thing, but we read the Bible story. He says his prayers. We pray with him, and then Knox says, one, two, three, go. And he takes off and he runs down the hallway to his room. And Austin runs behind him and follows him. And they're running and they're running. And whoever gets there first, Austin, which is usually Knox, Austin usually catches him and starts pulling him away. Okay, every night, I'm telling you, every night. Okay, it's a chase. It is a fight. This is part of their relationship bonding moments. I don't know why. I just stand there, wait so I can go give him a kiss goodnight. Most days... Until last week, I think, Austin would win. 
he could pull, he would pull Knox. We have, we have wood floors, so he just slides with his socks. Pull Knox away from his door, get around him, and he would get in there. Knox is growing up. He's getting bigger. He's getting stronger. Yeehaw, he says. He won. He won. He fought hard, and he won. He made it in there first. Sometimes there's going to be relationships in your life, and that is what it's going to look like. There'll be great times, yeah, but there's going to be some hard times. You're going to have to fight to keep the tune of that relationship right. <laughs> so let's, let's look at this, how all three of these affect our life cord. If our soul never finds the Lord, never finds him, or if it strays, it will be next to impossible to keep our mind and our heart in check. If our soul rests in the Lord, but we let the enemy daily attack our minds, it's going to be really hard to have relationships. Really hard. Do you see the domino effect of this? I want to close with this if Macy will come back. I have this picture in my head of what creation looked like. This is just me. It may look differently to you. This is just the musical person inside of me and what it looks like. God, he took his his finger, and he pointed, and poof, you know, things just started appearing. Kind of like Genie from Aladdin. That used to be my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies when I was little. But not just that, not just like the Genie, but like Fantasia. Fantasia, the Mickey Mouse version. Fantasia, where there's music going, and he brings this little broom to life, and they're just bopping around. The, the music's just really cool. So we have a Genie, and there's music going on. And it just keeps getting bigger and broader and more exciting with the harmony and the fantastic rhythms with each new thing that he created. That's just what I see it. We have to believe that this can happen with each one of our individual lives as well. Our life is a continuous, slowly building symphony. With each decision that we make, and step that we take towards God and his plan, our life cord becomes more and more stunning to his ears. And it also becomes more and more pleasing to those around us so we can draw them closer to him.